order in the court. It's time for Understanding the Law Radio. Well, hi, and thanks for joining us for another episode of Understanding the Law Radio. I'm your host, Peter Lamont, along with my co-host, Brendan. How are you? I'm good. Halloween upon us-ish. That's right. It's coming pretty fast. It is coming pretty fast. You know what? It looks far off in the distance, but the second you turn around, it'll be right there. Like a stalker. Uh Horror movie stalker. Got it. Got it. Yeah. Did you get the rules from Scream? I love Scream. Okay. We're already already off the rails here. Scream is so good. I'll keep this short. I love the Scream movies. If you haven't seen them, go watch them. All of them. Well, there's a new one coming out. There is a new one coming out, and it's coming out right before my birthday, which is awesome. That's great. Uh, I know, right? It's going to be such a fun birthday. I love Scream. I think you should watch all of them. Uh, A lot of people don't like the third one. I don't like the third one either that much, but it's worth watching to get to the fourth one, which was really good. I'd say the fourth one was the second best of all of them. There was a fourth one? I don't remember. Scream 1 was the best one. That was the original. You can't forget that one. Scream 2, you know about that one. I'm not going to spoil it Yeah, yeah, yeah. Scream 3 was where it was stupid and things were revealed that were stupid. They tried to tie all movies together. Right. Scream 4 was where she came back and it was the reboot. Okay, okay, okay. With, you know. And that was was really cool because of the twist there. All right. Well, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, anyway. You know, we, we've been talking over the last couple of weeks about un-Halloween things, unrelated to Halloween, things unrelated, right? We yeah, haven't I mean, really... kind of. But in the week review last week, we did cover a pretty spooky story. So if you haven't gone and listened to that yet, go do it. Every Friday, we're going to have a weekend review podcast where we, you know, give off legal news stories. We talk about them. We, you know. Yeah, last week's was pretty good. So check that out. I'd say it was very good. Yeah. Well, what we're going to do now is we're going to start swinging our focus onto Halloween, right? I mean, I I like Halloween. I think a lot of people like Halloween. I love Halloween. I miss Halloween from the 70s and 80s, like when you'd go to the dime store and you'd buy a cardboard cutout and you'd put them up on your window in your garage. So everybody that's old, you probably know what I'm talking about. Sounds lame. No, it was super fun. <laughs> I remember I'm getting kidding. the Ben Cooper costumes out of the boxes from the dime store, and you know, you'd know, you put on the, the half mat. It was awesome. Sounds awesome. Halloween was awesome. Well, what we're going to talk about this week to start off our Halloween podcast season, if you will, are bizarre Halloween-related lawsuits. And these are mind-blowing and scary how crazy... And stupid some people are. Absolutely. Okay, so we're going to go through some of these lawsuits talking about crazy stuff. But I'd like to start this one off with my favorite. Oh, yeah, and what's that? A lawyer dressed as Michael Myers from Halloween <laughs> gets arrested for a disorderly prank. This this one is hysterical. I, I think it's funny. I mean, anyway, so... um. This, this lawyer, who I believe was a criminal defense and personal attor- uh, injury attorney, goes down to a beach in Galveston, Texas, mm-hmm. of course dressed up like Michael Myers and carrying a fake bloody knife. Of course. Of course, right? Um, and it's, you know, a stunt that he, he pulled. Now- You're a lawyer. Is this something that lawyers do frequently? Do you all get together dressed as horror characters? No, not the weird not, lawyer thing. Not the mentally stable ones. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> oh I don't God. know about the unstable ones, but um, 
Yeah. And and it's it's just I don't understand what would possess this guy to to do so. Um and I'm not even sure what the purpose of it was aside from a publicity stunt. Right. You know, and he I mean it's kind of funny, you know, it's just like a harmless prank kind of deal. I wouldn't be opposed to walking around town in a Michael Myers suit, everybody would be like, oh, look, you know, you're spreading the Halloween joy. Well, I think it was just for him a Halloween prank. I think uh, it had nothing to do with him being a lawyer. I think it just so happened that he was a lawyer because he thought it would be funny to walk around the beach dressed up like Michael Myers. So the Galveston police, when this happened, said that they had received a call from a masked man with a knife with blood on it. And when they arrived at the scene, they detained the lawyer and then learned that the the knife and the blood were fake, but he was cited for disorderly conduct and released. So he got a a, a fine. You know, I think a, a disorderly conduct in Texas is probably similar to New Jersey, right. where it's like a, um, you know, a municipal type fine. Um, but I don't understand. Why? Why? A... Why dress up as Michael Myers? And B, why give the guy a ticket if he was just having fun? Right. You know why he said he did it? Why? Why would? Why could he have done it? He said he did it to try to find a way to bring a little bit of positivity in the gloomy doom. Now, what's more positive than Michael Myers walking on the beach with a bloody knife? I don't know. <laughs> Rainbow Bright? The Smurfs? I don't know what's more <laughs> positive than that. But that's, uh, yeah. That that's what he that's what he did. So right. I think that's that's great. So here's a lesson. Don't if, do that. <laughs> right. If uh, you know, you decide one day that you're going to bring cheer to the world, don't dress up like Freddy Krueger and walk through your uh kids' school's boiler room because right. chances are you're going to have a problem. So that's my favorite one. I like that one. So he 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 got released though. Yeah, he got released. So the night, so the day he was uh, arrested was also the night he came home. It is the night he came home on the day he got arrested. Now, could you imagine though being that lawyer and then see? It was funny because it was the Halloween tagline. I, I get it. Okay, it was, you're not. You're just skipping past that one. It was very funny. Thanks. But could you imagine being that lawyer and then having a new client come into your office? <laughs> oh, aren't you Michael Myers? Oh, oh my. Yeah, I, I don't think. I don't know how you'd explain well. that. That's funny. I'm interested to know, like, did that bring him business? Kill the competition. Man. Deal slasher, Good. or price slasher, right? Got to see if he has billboards. That's funny. So, all right, let's, funny. Mo- let's move into um, a series of bizarre Halloween-related lawsuits, aside from the Michael Myers one. All right. So, you want to start us off? Do I ever. I know you do. So, this is a very funny story. Michigan natives, and this was in 1984, by the way. Frank and Susan, they attended a Halloween party, you know, as people do. Susan was dressed as Mary in the story of Mary and uh, her little lamb. Right. And Frank was the lamb. Now, Frank was able to look like a lamb by gluing cotton balls to his underwear. Ingenious. Right. Absolutely. I mean, you know what? Nothing wrong with that. And he was all cotton balled up from head to toe. Johnson and & Johnson, I hope. Of course, yes. Of course. Which was all fun and games until he lit a lighter. While he was covered While with- he was all sheeped up, he lit a lighter and his arm was set on fire 
and the whole left side of his body ended up being burned. Now, they sued Johnson & Johnson, and they were awarded uh, somewhere around, I'm trying to do the math in my head here, around $600,000, I'd say, and because it was 555000 to Frank and 70000 to Susan. Uh, they received all kinds of money, and they did admit, though, because Johnson & Johnson petitioned for a new trial, they had admitted that they knew the cotton would burn if explo- exposed to flames. So, you know, Frank admitted he ignored the warnings on cigarette packages, meaning it wouldn't have altered their behavior. So this is this is interesting. Okay, it, It's interesting, and it's like, it's one of those things where you're like, oh my God, really? How stupid it's do like you have the, to be? It's like when we talked about the hot coffee lawsuits and... You know, there's not enough ice in this iced drink. Right. I don't know. I I, I, I mean, mean, if you cover yourself with cotton balls. And then you light a lighter, what do you think is going to happen? Right. There is a level of, I mean, come on, you know? Yeah, I, I think this is a ton of money. I mean, the guy must have been horribly burned. You know, he probably went from being a lamb to Freddy Krueger. But I think that, uh, you know, I personally... We don't know what was in the minds of the Johnson & Johnson executives aside from wow, this is bad publicity because we just set Mary's little lamb ablaze. Um, but $555,000 to him is a lot. Uh, uh, unless, of course, I mean, the guy is horribly, horribly burned. It says it's, right. he, you know, he suffered burns over a third of his body. Um, his wife got the 70000 for something called loss of consortium. So if you're a spouse and your spouse is injured, Mm-hmm. Um, you can get like this loss of consortium damages. So, you know, like if uh, maybe he couldn't mow the lawn anymore, he wasn't able to do things that he was able to do before he got burned. Right. Um, so that's where that came from. But man, that's a lot of money. And I'd love to know what they attributed with respect to liability on on Frank for just being, being a lamb, being stupid, yeah, being sheep. I mean... I have always wondered why on the Johnson & Johnson cotton ball packages it says, do not glue all over your body. And I guess now we have the answer. Now we have the answer. That's right. Meh. <laughs> all right, next. That was, that was a horrible. Yeah, was it was horrible. a horrible sheep. I know. I know. If I had maybe glued cotton balls on myself, it would have been different. Yeah. So, you know those um, those inflatable pumpkins and other lawn ornaments? Right. Right? Yeah. They become super popular. I remember when I was a kid, there was no such thing. You'd... You'd take old clothes and some sticks and you'd make a scarecrow and you'd stick them on your lawn. But now there's all these inflatable things. You know, they're cool. Sometimes they annoy me. I guess it depends on what it is. And you know what really annoys me? Like if you put them up around the holidays and they deflate or there's like a windstorm and now it looks like there's just been a, you know, a a mass shooting on your front lawn because your Scooby-Doo is no longer inflated. Right. You know what I'm talking about? I do know what you're talking about. Well, here's one about some rotten inflatable pumpkins. And this so, is interesting because this isn't just an inflatable pumpkin. This is a massive inflatable pumpkin. So go ahead. Tell me about it. Oh, you want me to tell you no, about it? No, you tell me oh, about it. Oh, it's because I cut how you massive, off. How massive is this pumpkin? A hundred feet diameter. That's pretty big. That's a pretty big pumpkin, right? Well, they were actually, the there was this guy. His name was John, and he was a Milwaukee resident. And he owned these Halloween shops seasonally every October and they were called Halloween Express, and all the shops were underneath these giant 100-feet pumpkins. And so you'd go under the big inflatable pumpkin, and you'd buy your stuff. Okay. And so there were never any issues with it. You know, there was always winds and stuff, but his pumpkins were always fine, and the stores were always fine. 
until 2017 in which he ordered a custom smaller pumpkin so that he could set up a smaller store in the parking lot of a home supply store. Okay. Uh, the item came from two companies, Larger Than Life Inflatables, and it was set up by House of Bounce. It's okay. hard to say. Uh, and one day, it rained so hard that the pumpkin uh, had all kinds of water pooled in the top of it, sank down, and ruined all the inventory inside. No one was injured, but, you know, his his, his, his entire inventory. inventory was trashed. I mean, that's that's crazy. So he did sue. They sued both, and the litigation is still ongoing. Well, I mean, I think that the issue is that his insurance company mm-hmm. paid him uh, his policy. Right. And then the insurance company sued. So it wasn't him that sued. Right. So what happens with insurance claims is it's it's called, um, it's called subrogation. Mm-hmm. So... If you're an insured, and then obviously, you know, John was insured, um, what happens is your insurance company, assuming that they don't object to paying out the uh, policy, they'll pay mm-hmm. you for your loss as long as you can prove it, and then they will, in your name, sue the people who are responsible for the damage in order for them to recover what they paid you. Mm-hmm. So it's called subrogation. So that's what's going on. So the insurance companies paid out John. John got his his money for his inventory. Um, and then they went after the companies. I would love to know what they sued the inflatable pumpkin companies for. Because how is it's not it's not like it's a product liability. I guess case. they could argue that all the pumpkins in the past have never had any issues despite heavy rain. I until- don't know. I don't think that's that sounds ridiculous. And I'm sure this case is over by now. We'd have to look it up because this was back in 2017. So I'd, I'd like to see what happened. But, you know, you might never know because they could have just settled out of court in order to avoid the ongoing litigation. But right. at the same time, I mean, I don't see how you could bring that claim against them. It just, it just but whatever. Insurance companies are always trying to uh, recoup their losses in any way possible, so it doesn't surprise me. Okay, so here's 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 a little bit more information. It was a half inch of rain over two hours that day, okay. which wasn't anything amazing, but it was still a good amount of rain, but they had seen more in the past. So, you know. So what are they it saying? It had a divot the... at the top where it collected water, uh, they've argued as well. Um, so that's that. I still don't buy it. Still don't buy it, but I don't know. Interesting. All right, let's move on to the next one. So costumes, right? You you wear costumes on Halloween, don't you? Not anymore, unfortunately. Okay, you're too 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 old. I understand. Too old. I'm too old. No as one well. to look upon my amazing costumes. Gotcha. Well, I'm sure you have seen people that wear cosmetic contact lenses for Halloween and yes. You know, for for other purposes too, I guess. But right. but for Halloween, I, you know, you see it a lot. Um, and a number of retailers who sell these contact lenses are, are, have faced lawsuits from state attorney generals mm-hmm. and consumers because of eye damage caused by these non-prescription lenses. So this one in particular is back in 2016 when the Missouri attorney general filed a lawsuit against Gotcha Costume Rental for selling the lenses without a prescription, which violated local, uh, state, and federal laws. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha, right? So the lenses, they didn't fit properly. 
and they obviously scratched corneas and caused infection. They potentially could have even caused blindness. So the Food and Drug Administration um, puts warnings now on contacts that are, you know, you know, contacts shouldn't be worn without a prescription is basically the warning. So I don't know where, I, I haven't seen in recent years stores selling cosmetic contact lenses right. that aren't prescription. I mean, I didn't even realize that you could get non-prescription contacts. Mm-hmm. I mean, I guess you could change your eye color, but I still thought that they were somehow prescription-based. So, right. Because, Interesting. Right. The bottom line is that these cosmetic contact lenses have now become illegal to sell without a prescription, you know, and the warnings on it. So, right. you know what costume I think is stupid? I do not know. What costume do you fruit. think is stupid? Oh. Fruit costumes. Who dresses up like a banana? I, I, somehow, some way. That is one of the most popular costumes I constantly see every year. And I'm always like, why are so many people dressed up as a banana? It's not that interesting. You know, it's not very funny. Well, you know what it is is interesting. There's a lawsuit over these bananas. The Are you banana telling me costumes. you're about to make me interested in these bananas? Uh, it, it's appealing, if you will. So uh, here's a case from, from 2017. Costume manufacturer Rasta Impasta sued a number of companies, <laughs> including Kmart and Kangaroo Manufacturing, for selling a banana costume that they felt was infringing on their own. Really? And, yes, to prove that it was infringing, they cited things like the color of the costume, yellow, okay. and the shape of the costume. Guess what? Banana-like? It was like a banana. Oh, my. Yeah, well, uh, the Third Circuit Court of Appeals in Philadelphia somehow agreed and claimed that the Rasta Impasta's banana costumes were distinctive and that uh, the Rasta company was entitled to intellectual property rights and damages. And in fact, this is funny. The court actually wrote that the company was, quote, entitled to the veritable fruits of mm-hmm. its intellectual labor. That's actually pretty funny. That's, that's somewhat labor. humorous, isn't it? It is. So that's the story with the banana costume. Huh. You ever see the movie Fright Night? Fright Night. Uh, no, I cannot say I have, but I've seen the trailer a couple times. And I've said, hey, one day I'm going to watch that. There's a story about that. Is there really? Well, not really Fright Night, but oh. you know this one. Why don't you tell me about this one? Really? You're dumping it on me? Yeah, you do it. Because I haven't seen Fright Night? Is that why? That's why. Throwing me into a world I don't understand. Well, it's very difficult to sue haunted houses. And do you want to know why? Yes, please tell me why. Because they promise a good scare. And in 2011, Scott Griffin and friends went into a haunted house. It was called the Haunted Trail. It was a it was in San Diego, and it was a haunted attraction. You know those kinds of things. Yep. And uh, when they reached the exit, he thought he, it was over, this Scott guy. But instead, a chainsaw-wielding guy moved towards him aggressively. And that's a quote. Uh, catching Griffin by surprise and prompting him to run away. And then he fell over and injured his wrist. He sued the operators, but he couldn't get any money because... Uh, the, the promise of the haunted house was extreme fright. And that's another quote. And they said that he received exactly what he paid for. Well, you know, it's, I, I wonder, 
there must be more to the story that didn't mm-hmm. come out in um in the the press or in the court reports because if you have a haunted house and there's a dangerous condition that exists on the premises like something that he tripped over but you know what it must have been is that the cause of his tripping was him running away caused by the fright from mm-hmm. the but this reminds me of what we talked about last Friday on the news the kid that got stabbed in the foot by the haunted house remember that one yes we talked about that last Friday so there was a haunted house I can't remember where um, and this is so funny to me no 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 wait wait wait, wait. let me re- let me rephrase that it's not funny to me it's a fact about this that I find so insane it's somewhat humorous. So tell me, tell the story. All right. So the story is in general that this guy who worked at, he was a scare actor. He brought with him to work, despite the fact that his company gave him fake knives. He brought with him to work a legit hunting knife, a real hunting knife. Why would he do that? Like what has to be going through your head? I have no uh, idea. I can't believe that at all. You know, it's like, hey, I got this hunting knife for Christmas and haven't had a chance to use it. Let's go try it out at my my workplace. Right. So he brings this knife and a kid, I can't remember how old, 11 or something like that or Mm -hmm. seven. It was a young young kid. kid. And this isn't funny at all. But as the kid's walking through the haunted house, the scare actor goes to fake stab him with his real knife and actually stabs the kid in the foot. Yep. So horrible. While it is true that it is difficult to sue a haunted house, when you have a scare actor who brings stabs you, yeah, brings a, a, a Bowie knife to work and then stabs you in the foot, I think you have a pretty decent case. Yeah. So here's I I have another interesting one, and I think this one is really really funny. Go ahead. It didn't result in a lawsuit. However, in West Virginia, 2015, uh, Logan County Assistant Prosecutor Chris White reacted to a small army of fake spiders that had been strung up for Halloween by pulling a gun and insisting he was about to shoot those spiders. And I'm not even kidding you. Uh, He was uh, suspended over the incident. This is like (laughs) when Dwight pulls the gun in the office. Yes, exactly like that that is. Uh, and prosecuting attorney John Bennett explained that White really hates spiders and the gun wasn't actually loaded. The spider decorations were eventually removed. So you know what? Chris White got what he wanted, didn't he? Those spiders spiders were were gone. Yep. That, to me, is very funny. I mean, that is some fear to be that afraid that you're going to shoot them. Now, I guess... It was an unloaded gun, so it could have been a joke. It doesn't feel like there's enough information to fully get the story, but... I mean, come on. He must have really good aim in order to think that he was going to pick off those spiders. Though. You know, back in the day, Applebee's would always decorate for Halloween. Yeah, I remember And that. it was always like cobwebs and spiders and stuff on the walls. And that grossed me out as a kid. Like, ew, who the heck would want that? Right? Like, who'd want to look at cobwebs while they're eating? Disgusting. But I'd never pull a gun on them. No. I never waited for the waiter to come over and then, you know, took out my Glock and was like, get rid of the spiders. No. You have a Glock? I do not. Okay. I just know that's what the kids I also, call these days. I also don't think that you would have the aim or to coordination hit <laughs> to hit a spider. You would probably I'm shoot yourself sure in the foot. Yeah, or stab myself in the foot with the Applebee's knife. It's all coming together now. It's all coming together. So, you know, let's talk about the thing that scares. Well, there's a couple things that scare. I don't like snakes. Oh, no. Like, I'm like Indiana Jones, right? I'm more spiders than snakes. Okay. So I don't like snakes, 
And I don't like clowns. Uh, I find clowns to be so horrible. You don't think they're funny? I don't think they're funny. I remember as a kid, I went down to Seaside and they had these clowns (laughs) in, in plastic bubbles. And I won one or my parents won one for me and it hung up in my room. It was called Corky. Now, it was corky because his legs and arms were like shoved into fabric with cork or styrofoam or something. Mm -hmm. I wonder if corkies were actually a thing. But anyway, I remember this clown hanging up in my room and every night I'd go to bed and it would scare the living crap out of me, you know? And then I remember seeing Poltergeist when I was a kid in the movie theater, right? The original Poltergeist with that clown and that scared the crap out of me even more. (laughs) <laughs> Which led to Corky's untimely demise by being trashed. But I'm not the only and that's one. That's why he haunts you to this day. Yes. I'm not the only one that hates clowns, am I? Oh, no? No. I think there's a 12-year-old boy who also hates scary clowns. Do you want to tell yeah, me I'm sure there's that? a whole bunch of them. What the heck? What are you talking about? There's well, probably a million 12-year-old boys who hate scary clowns. I am talking about, in the fall of 2016, a 12-year-old boy... Claims he was arrested during school, suspended for 10 days, and recommended for expulsion because of two Instagram posts related to the scary clown craze. Do you remember that? I do remember that. All right. What do you remember about this? The the clown clown craze? The clown craze. Uh, Well, let me tell you. I remember it just started out of nowhere and all over the news. There's clowns in the forests. There's clowns all over the place. And it was just stupid. Like everybody was talking about how people were dressing up as clowns. And first of all, it was excellent advertising for the movie It, which came out somewhat after that. I'm not sure how soon, but uh, what it wasn't was funny. And there were all kinds of people who would dress up as clowns and go in the woods and run around town and Is scare people. Is this true, people. though? Like, were they You know really... what? There have been studies that have discussed why it's not exactly true. I think the media blew it up a little bit too big. It wasn't actually as massive as you think. However, I do think it was definitely an existent problem. There were, you know. You think there's a problem with people dressing up like clowns? Well, no. I I think what happened was it wasn't really good for anybody. It was just like pranksters. Even the clowning community was like, this sucks because now people hate us. There is a clowning community? There is a clowning community. But. um, Of like actual performers? Yes. Okay. So real clowns. Right. Real clowns. Not murderous clowns. Real clowns got together and they said, you know, I'm no longer hired for birthdays, gotcha. they called the police on me when I was walking through the street to a birthday party. And it's like, oh, my God, this is depressing. So as You're was, making me cry. Send in the clowns. As I was climbing down in the in the gutter. Right, right. It was a birthday a party for alligators. Yellow balloon. Mm-hmm. I got arrested. Right. Is that what you're telling me? No. They were just walking into, you know, regular places. But... It was definitely an issue, and it got really big. There were websites that tracked the clowns. There were Instagram and Twitter pages that were like clown cams where they where they showed the clowns at their most recent spotted location. And then, you it's know, crazy. if you were like 26 and this is the biggest thing going on and you're kind of like a loser, you'd dress up as a clown and you'd go attract some attention to yourself. I mean, oh. I personally probably would not do that, but it's definitely something that people would do. I don't know who would do it, but I'm just very fortunate that we lived in an area where there were not a concentration of clowns because it would have scared the crap out of me just like Corky did. That's right. I did not see any clowns either, but so there were some. 
there were some. You know, the last thing that I want to say... Well, wait a minute. We didn't get to the story about the clowns. Oh, You just right. completely forgot. I, you know, I'm just... I want to distance Clowning myself from the yeah, clowns. Not they have, yet. They've scared me. Go ahead. Are you going to shoot them? No. No. With well, your Glock? No. <laughs> well, the boy that was we were talking about, he's 12 years old. He was suspended and arrested during school and recommended for expulsion because he went on to one of those Instagram pages, clown.clan where all these people had posted comments and talked about the clowns. And he said, dumb Fs, come to Sycamore, you won't, and I'll square up to those clowns. Uh, what does that mean? Well, I think it means that it was all kinds of people taunting the clowns. Like, like, oh, yeah, come over here and I'll beat you up. And that's pretty much what he was just saying. They're like, yeah, you want to you wanna come over to my town? I'll beat you up. That's what it was. And so, you know... There were hundreds of posts the same way. I don't—he was inducing panic, which is the reason he was placed under arrest. And I don't I don't understand how that could possibly be, you know, realistic. Yeah, I don't know either. What was the name of that Instagram page? Clown what? <laughs> Clown.clan with two N's. I gotta look this up. Clown clan. Is that—let's see, is that a— Clown dot clan. Got it. There's just oh, what? There's scary, scary clowns. clowns. That's right. Oh my. Okay. This is not something one should be looking at if you don't like clowns. These are scary. And we are not clowning around. Yeah, I, I don't understand the. Uh, I don't understand how he got arrested. How did he get arrested? Uh, what do you mean? The kid. Oh, oh, the, not the clown? Uh, no. We're all confused. Uh, he was arrested, I believe, during school uh, for violating the school's code of conduct. That's crazy. Yeah. It's really crazy. And it was the inducing panic. Because he was calling out a clown. He wanted yeah. to stand up for his classmates. They challenged the punishment handed down by the school district and was eventually suspended for just five days. Uh, I guess that's better. However... The boy's parents claim that the prosecutor's office has continued to pursue spurious charges against their son, even after they filed a motion to dismiss a juvenile criminal charge of inducing panic. Wow. That's nuts. Crazy. That is really crazy. You know what I just read? Nope. Has nothing to do with this. Oh, boy. But we're in October, right? And October is the start of hockey season. Mm-hmm. And uh, as I was looking at Instagram for the clown thing, I just saw this post that the Prudential Center is not accepting cash anymore. Really? It's all going to be cashless, contactless payment, huh. credit, credit debit cards. It's not terrible, I guess. You know, use your debit card. Is cash going to be a thing of the past? <laughs> I don't know. That's an interesting question. Interesting question. I'm sure it won't be. I mean, I mean how many people actually pay with cash, I wonder? Shady what dealings. What kind of shady dealings could you do with card? I mean, that's not a good idea. Oh well, is that your your legal advice? Yeah. If you're going to engage in shady shady dealings, do not use a credit card. Okay, thank you for that. You're welcome. So I just saw that story, and it's 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 I guess tied into October because the season starts mm-hmm. today, I believe. Yeah. I'm not a hockey or yesterday. Fan, but, oh, yeah. how could you? We we have to do something. Not a hockey fan. How could you not be a hockey fan? Well, I don't watch the hockey games. That's pretty much it. Okay. Well, you know what? 
I am yeah. going to find a whole bunch of clowns and I'm going to make sure that I send them to your house. All right. Just you do to that. terrorize you. You do that. And then you can, what did he say? Beat them down or what was the, the quote that the kid used? Step up to you. Step on you. He's going to square up. Square up. That's square it. Right, up. So I'm going to call them and you square up and we're going to put it on YouTube. Okay. Brendan squaring up to the clowns. Are the clowns gone now, by the way? Yeah, they're gone. They're long gone. And the regular clowning community has returned, you know, all is well. Oh, all is well. Yes. Corky's still dead, though. Rest in peace. Rest in pieces. Rest in pieces. I said it first. I was trying to get my words out. All right. Well, that's going to do it for this episode. And, uh, you know, this was just the introduction to what we're going to be talking about over the, the course of the next few podcasts. We've got a number of Halloween-related uh, podcasts coming mm-hmm. up. We've got one about Halloween movies. It'd one, be very fun. Yeah, one about Halloween fails and fears. So there's a bunch of stuff. There's some candy lawsuits that we're going to be talking about. And I'm going to tell you a story about uh, a, a, a person in my town who used to lay in wait and scare the living crap out of kids. And we'll talk about liability on uh, one of the upcoming episodes. So I'm very if, excited. Yeah. If you are feeling festive, you want to tune in and listen to our upcoming Halloween podcast. They're Please all going to be focused. Yeah, make sure that you do. Make sure that you um, subscribe to the podcast. Now, we have put up a post recently letting people know. and We tell you all the time, but we're letting you know again. That, you know, where can you listen to UTL radio? Anywhere. That's right. Anywhere. We are just pervasive, like uh, a clown infestation, okay? We are everywhere. We are on uh, Apple Music. We're on, uh, you know, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, you name it. All you've got to do is search UTL radio and you'll find us. So make sure that you subscribe and help your friends find us as well. Make sure that they subscribe. That's going to do it. Hope you enjoyed this episode and we will talk to you next time. Thanks for listening to Understanding the Law Radio. If you haven't done so already, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast. We're available anywhere that you listen to your podcasts, including Amazon, Apple Music, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and many more. Also, don't forget to check us out online on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks again. See you next time.